Welcome to Gamers Cafe, where we are open for business for all the gaming news, controversies, maybe miss, eh, sometimes rumors, depending on the rumors, really, be, be honest with you. Anyways, I'm your host, Brad Dyster, and let's get on with it. Alright, right out of the gate, No Man's Sky has, well, it's released a patch. No one thought it actually would, because it's unexpectedly been very quiet for a while especially on uh, the studio's Twitter and Facebook for quite a while, but, you know, they released a patch and actually said something on Twitter. Whoa! Uh, but, yeah, it, it does a whole slew of things. Uh, mainly, or I should say, the biggest point of it was that there's a more robust recovery of corrupted saves. Because a lot of people have had problems with their saves and being it corrupted and, you know, it's not being very fun that way. I mean, who likes corrupted files but there was other things that they actually did as well so beyond that they had some other interesting uh, fixes they did so the PC and PS4 Galaxy generation is more robust uh, for compiling which is always a good thing now the exosuit uh, messaging system no longer confuses on planet with docked in space station because apparently uh, the exosuit was kind of confused about that so, that's a great thing. It also improved frame rates when you're scanning colossal structures such as space station or outposts because those frame rate drops, rah. Uh, they also fixed some terrain resources being indestructible and therefore unminable. I actually ran into that one time. And then your wanted level now increases when destroying factory doors, however pow powerful the player's multi-tool may be. So, uh, it's just going to be threat level high, even though <laughs> when I play the game, I know it's when I just went inside the building, they kind of went, oh, well, he's gone. I don't know where he went. So I'm just going to be back to my normal thing. I'm like, really? Like, that's all I had to do? Uh, so those are just a few other things. It's good they're still updating it. It's sad to see that they, it didn't really live up to his expectations. That's a lot, that what's happened when an unexpected game comes out and it looks really cool and it gets really hyped and it just, well doesn't live up to expectation. So if you're still playing it, go ahead and still enjoy it. It's, it, it still will be fun. I swear, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, anyways, moving on to Quantum Break. Yes, it actually got a new trailer with interesting things. It actually focuses on the story. See, the last one, or the trailer for the Xbox One slash Windows 10 uh, system, had a trailer, but it was kind of more about the, sh the shooty and the, and the, you know, time manipulation. And this one's actually more focused on the story, which actually makes me actually want to play the game, which is weird, because I didn't really have any interest, interest in it. But now I actually kind of do. I'm kind of a little interested to see it. But yes, it officially comes out on Steam uh, next week, actually, September 29th. So if you're looking for a new game, this new-ish game, this is the one for you. Alright, um, Capcom has gotten some, uh, a little bit of heat over uh, Street Fighter V. Uh, the thing is, is that they installed a kernel level access uh, to Windows, and the problem is they didn't really encrypt it, so anybody from any type of user could actually get into the, one of those security files and do some really bad things that they shouldn't do. Uh, the reason why Capcom did this was it was supposed to check if people were doing stuff uh, with their game. So if they were doing some nefarious things that they shouldn't be doing, like cheating, hacking, all those fun things. The problem is that anybody could gain access to it and take control of your full system. So Capcom's like, uh, 
our bad. Uh, we're we're going to roll it back. Uh, so don't worry about that, but we're going to roll it back. We're, we're on it. So eventually they'll they'll roll it back. You just don't know when. But good job, Capcom. I mean, DRMs are the worst. And if you don't know what the, the acronym is, Digital Right Management. But, I mean, seriously, this is a level of stupid. You just don't do it. Why would you do that? Come on, think. If you're going to do something like that, it's going to have access level or, like, high-level access to a computer. You actually want to, you know... Encrypt it so no one can get into it because if they find a way backdoor into it, then you just screwed all your uh, customers over with that. So that, that's, that's just, it's just not very good. But moving on to Watch Dogs 2, yes, there's a story trailer, and really, to be honest with you, I watched it and I was like, uh, what? Uh, yeah, it looks boring. I'm sorry. I played the first one, it was alright. Second one, I was like, ooh, kind of, but it. I don't know what to say. I mean, the the main bad guy just sounds like a bad guy anyways, and it just really has no nuance to it. The good guys sound like good guys, and there's no nuance to it. And I just feel like I'm just... It's a commentary, and then they said systematic, and I'm like, oh, why would you say that? Diversity, systematic. I know in my Facebook ad I said I wouldn't really talk about that, but I had to make a joke about it. Uh... Yeah, so if you want to, that's cool. I don't really care what the main character's race is, to be honest with you. It just doesn't... The trailer didn't really make me go, Ooh, I want to get this. It kind of went... I went... Eh, I guess it's light and fun, but... Eh, eh, eh. Anyways, moving on. System Rift, the first DLC for Deus Ex Mankind Divided, has uh, landed on Steam with a new trailer. Yes, that's right. This one you'll be able to go back... To the bank that you first infiltrated in the main game, uh, and this time Pritchard, yes, you're the ever-lovable Pritchard, wants your help for it. Uh, and so it looks like you're going to have to agree with it, and looks like there's some things you're going to have to be doing to it, but yes, you're going back to the bank you first went to in the main game. Uh, I'm not going to say what you did, but what could happen is that you can uncover who the Lamati really is. Ooh. And other fun stuff like that. Uh, also, they're going to have some uh, fix bug fixes for the Toby eye tracking support. Also adds lens flare option because lens flares are fun. Uh, DirectX, DirectX 12 support is still in a work in progress, so you can do a preview, but yeah, be cautious about that. Also, if you don't have the season pass, it's going to set you back 12 bucks. So if you want to get it, awesome. If you don't, me. So there is a, well, there's a new investigative article in, uh, going around actually on the net, talking about Star Citizen and the troubled development. Now, it doesn't really look good for Star Citizen, and this was published by uh, Kotaku UK, uh, and it actually went and interviewed a whole bunch of people, and it just doesn't look good. It makes Chris Roberts look, well, look like, he has an ego, which is never a good thing. It also kind of sheds some very bad light that um, they took too much money and they didn't know how to scale it properly to make all this stuff actually work. So that's another problem with it. The other problem with it is that they have a lot of people actually being let go or fired. And if anything went wrong, uh, well, you always know it goes downhill. So everything went to the low level people that didn't really have any say to it. 
Also, they use the Crytek engine that no one really actually used, and no one really, not a lot of people have expertise in it beyond Crytek at the time. So they've been behind a lot of things. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of bad. Well, this is just terrible press going on, and it just does not make Star Citizen seem like it's ever going to come out either. The problem is, is that it does sound like. Uh, Cloud Emporium Games did take too much money and didn't really figure out how to do everything. Uh, outsourcing it is not a bad thing, but you can only outsource so much, and you need some people in-house to actually do the stuff. That's the other problem. The other problem is is that if Chris Roberts is manning the ship and he micromanages everybody and undermines his directors, that means he has no trust in his employees, and that's also another bad thing, and people will not look kindly to that. Before all this... He was doing Wing Commander and all the other games before he stopped for a while, and uh, people loved it because it was actually really good games, but no one really knew what was going on behind the scenes because you didn't have social media at the time. Now you do, and these things come out, and it doesn't look good for you. Uh, and as always, and I've dealt with this, bad communication always leads to unproductive people, bad work, and bad workflow because no one knows what's going on. No one knows how to do something correctly until so they're going to have to do it multiple times. That's another thing. So communication department needs to, you know, you know, get a handle of this, take a tight grip. Um, the other thing is, is that some people are going, you know what? It's not looking it's like it's going to be a great game, and some people are. So there's a mixed reaction with that as well, which, for a lot of people, this could be like, oh, it's going to be the biggest failure in video gaming history, are the most infamous failure because it did take in a lot of money. Uh, but we'll see. It could come out. It could not come out. I tried to play the alpha and was completely lost. I didn't, uh, I didn't put as much time into it, so that's a little bit of my fault, to be honest with you. I'll put some blame on me for that, but it was still kind of a little confusing. All right, moving on to Civilization VI. Yes, the next uh, game into the long-running Civilization series has drop some system requirements. And they're not actually not that bad. For minimum system requirements, you have to have an i3 processor, which is not bad, an AMD Phenom 2 chip processor, also 4 gigs of RAM, at least 12 gigs of hard drive space, and 1 gig of NVIDIA uh, GeForce 450 or AMD 5570, plus a 64-bit Windows 7, 8.1, or 10. Now the recommended is the i5 or the AMD FX8350 or greater, 8 gigs of RAM, 12 gigs of storage space, and NVIDIA 770 or the AMD uh, 7970 uh, with 1 gig of onboard. So it's actually not that bad. Most systems can actually run it. Now it's coming out October 21st, so it's going to be landing soon. Probably one of the games that I'll be reviewing. Uh, I try to mix up those games not to be always first-person shooters because that can get it. Well, kind of boring for me and kind of boring for you guys if I always just do that one. So I try to do as much of a difference. But yes, I'm excited for it. I love strategy games. They're always fun to play and sometimes hard, but still very fun. Moving on, Kingdoms of Amalur, the case that's been going on for four years, it may finally be settled. So if you didn't know, way back in 2012, uh, 38 studio, Studios decided to move to Rhode Island, and Rhode Island gave a really big loan, a $75 million loan, uh, to the public agency for the uh, Rhode Island Economic Development Corporation, known as Commerce Corp, and that it granted to the studio in 2010. Now, it was a very hefty loan with a very hefty price tag. 
the problem is that it couldn't actually keep up with the payments and they defaulted or went bankrupt, which also hurt big, huge games because they were part of 38 Studios. Uh, that was their sister studios, so they couldn't keep up with it. The other problem was is that, uh, you know, American citizens were left to the bill, the taxpayers were left to the bill because they couldn't pay off. However, the uh, SEC, SEC uh, charged the Rhode Island Commerce Corporation and Wells Fargo as one of the banks that worked on the bonding effort with defrauding investors earlier this year. So it looks like there's a lot of wrongdoing. Plus, to be honest with you, that loan was a really bad idea. I know it's a lot of money, but the, you've got to always look at like what what are the terms of paying it back? Can you actually functionally pay it back? Because especially in the gaming industry, your game has to do mightily well for it to actually, you know, get you know make the money back and actually pay off the loan. The problem was is that they also brought down another great developer that's no longer with us either because of that. Now it reports that um, Kirchling will be paying an extra, or will be paying 2.5 million dollars if the court agrees to it to pay back, which leaving taxpayers 28.2 million dollars. Sorry about that, guys. I hate when governments try to do that. They should really stay out of that type of business. Make it business friendly with tax breaks, but not try to make give money to businesses because it never ends well. Never, never ends well. It's just a bad idea. Alright, Obsidian released some new video for behind the scenes of the Dev Diary. That's right, uh, Tyranny is a new game that is top-down RPG or asymmetric RPG that uh, that is set in a world that evil has won, and you are part of that evil, and you go around uh, uh, dispensing justice to people. And they kind of went through about how the artistry in the game and how they allowed the artist to work. Uh, really closely with the writers and how it kind of like morphed into this and how the art director didn't really direct anybody just let the artists run free and it was really great because nine times out of ten if you let your employees run free with kind of strict not strict guidelines but guidelines enough where they understand it then you'll get really great work out of it so they did that it looks really great the character animations look really great the world looks great they talk about how it's supposed to be war-torn, but also looks like it's been lived in as well. So it looks really awesome. I'm actually really excited to play this game when it comes out, whenever they decide to do a release date. They haven't yet. But the Dev Diaries are interesting, though. They're very interesting. I like kind of like reading them. All right, Valve has uh, tweaked Steam reviews again. Uh, this time, since a lot of people complain, the reviews that are from activation keys will really not count to your overall or to the overall reviews uh, setting or review score but it will be on there so you can actually still read it uh, I, this is kind of a happy medium and I understand what they're trying to do they're trying to minimize the risk of abuse with this which is perfectly fine because if you have people just reviewing it because they got a free game and they are being persuaded by the developer to write a good review, yeah, that's a problem. So, uh, just don't do it, first of all. If you're going to get a free game, just write an honest review anyways. If they give it to you, that's fair game. Uh, but this is kind of a happy medium. It, it really all depends. I mean, if you're looking for a better outcome, you're not going to get one. <laughs> all right, moving on. Battlefield 1 unveils its maps. And modes! Yes, that's right. There's going to be uh, several maps. It's going to be way more than Battlefront. 
Oh god, Battlefront. Um, it's going to be a ballroom blitz that takes place in a French chateau. Uh, the Aragon Forest uh, for some of the most brutal close quarter combat. I'm not really... For Battlefield, I really don't like the course, uh, close quarter combats, but they still do it. The Faux Forest is the home of the Ottomans. Uh, Suez Canal, so you get to fight along in the Grand Canal, which should be interesting. Uh, this The St. Quentin Scar takes place with you pushing through trenches towards northern France and the, the Sinai Desert, which... We played quite a bit in the open beta. That Emmons, which is a French city under fire. The Mont, the Monte Grappa, which uh, sends you into the Vienna Alps. And the Empire's Edge brings you the fight to the Arctic coast. And the tenth one, which will come out for free in December, is uh, Giant's Chateau. And the modes are going to be Conquest, Domination, Operation, Rush. Team Deathmatch in War Pigeons. It looks like War Pigeons is going to be Capture the Flag with Birds. So think like the droid Capture the Flag one in Battlefront and kind of be like that. If the birds move around, it's going to be like, hey, get, get back here. I, I Stop it. I know you're a War Pigeon, but seriously, get over here. Uh, but yeah, I will probably play mostly either Rush or Conquest because I love Conquest. It's the bread and butter of Battlefield. It's what made them Battlefield. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. But they're going to have ten maps, which is actually great because Battlefront had like five, half of that, which is annoying. I'm so glad DICE decided to make more maps for their games because seriously, lack of content is what will make players go out the door really quickly. But moving on... Blizzard has announced they are dropping Battle.net. Yes, that name is gone, or will be gone soon. It's still not gone um, on the program if you boot it up. But it will be gone. That's right, in favor of the name of Blizzard Tech. It's so original. The weird thing is, is that they announced this name way back in 1996. So it's over, it's about, it's 20 years old actually. Yeah, it's 20 years old. Uh, and it's been going that way for quite a while. They've been using it forever and ever, and decided that the 20-year mark, yep, we're done. I understand the reasoning behind it is that they don't need two separate identities for it, but after a while, you, it just seems odd to do it now. I was hoping you would have done a long time ago, maybe like 10 or maybe 5 years into it, but nope, decided to do it on the 20th. Uh, but, yeah, they're finally ditching it for Battle <laughs> Blizzard Tech. Ooh, phasing it out. So, you'll have Blizzard Streaming and Blizzard Voice. It sounds like... I get what they're doing it, but it just all sounds like Blizzard Voice is like you you talking while you're cold. <laughs> it's a blizzard out here. Or Blizzard Streaming, like you're just going to have snow just like going through the, <laughs> the video. Oh, it's cold out here playing this game, Battlefield. Why is it snowing out here? Uh, but yeah, that's what it is. It's phasing it out. Gone. Anyways, moving on to Doom is finally getting a deathmatch. That's right. Free-for-all deathmatch that should have actually been in when it actually launched is finally coming with private matches and bug fixes in the latest update. Also, you're going to have... There's a double XP weekend this weekend starting today, so get to it. Um, some of the campaign fixes and optimization. Fix an issue where exiting clocks classic map would cause the user to freeze onto the main menu. That's pretty bad. Uh, fixed progression blocking ish, uh, issue with reloading checkpoints in Titan Realm while picking up Yellow Skull and Crusher Room. Wow. Um, there's a few other ones as well. Other stability and optimization for snap map fixes as well. But yeah, finally Free For All is there. 
for your enjoyment. So if you're doing a terrible job, you can only blame yourself for it because you can't blame your teammates because there is no teammates. Because you would actually blame your teammates for that if you were doing terribly. But you can't. You can't at all. You can only blame yourself. I blame myself too. Uh, anyways, moving on. Titanfall 2 has released its system requirements so you know what you need to know to play it. So, operating system is Windows 7, 8, 8.1, and 10 for 64-bit. Intel i3 uh, processor. Th these are really low system requirements, by the way. Uh, 8 gig of RAM, 45 gigs of hard drive space, except for that one. Uh, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 662 gigs or the AMD Radeon HD 7852 gigs. DirectX 11, and for the recommended... Obviously, the, the operating system is the same, but the CPU is i5, or equivalent to. Uh, also, the RAM is 16 gigs, so double it, and hard drive space is the same. But for the graphics card, it's going to be the GeForce GTX 1066 gig and the Radeon RX 488 gig. Also, if you want to play in Ultra 4K, it's going to be an i7, 16 gigs, 45 gigs of RAM. But it's going to be the GeForce GTX 1088 gig. So if you really want to play in that super high res, you have to make sure you have the 1080. If you don't, that's your problem. I can't help you with that. Anyways, moving on. Samsung is bringing out some more uh, SSD drives that use the PCIe slot 3.0, mind you. Because if you don't have the 3.0, you can't actually use it. So it has to be newer motherboards to actually use it. But interesting is, is that it's actually wickedly fast, like faster than the ones they brought out already. Um, they're also gonna come in two terabytes, one terabytes, and 512 gigabytes. They are a little expensive, they're pricey. Let me just throw it out there. So the 960 Pro two terabyte is $1,300. The two, one terabyte is not too bad, it's, six, it's $629. I would actually buy the one terabyte. Uh, the 512 is 329 and then for the Evo, which is a little bit slower than the other one, but it's not really that slow, it's 479 249 and 129 for the 1TB, 500 gig, and 250 gig of hard drive space. Um, the read, the sequential writers is uh, 1500 MBS with 250 gigs, 1800, 1900 as you go up and up, and the 4 gig. 4K random read performance is rated at 3300 IOPS. And if you're wondering what IOPS is, it is input output operation per second. Kind of, if you want to see if what is the title is, it's IOPS. Uh, so, it, what it is, is a performance management used to characterize computer storage devices like hard drives and solid state drives and storage area networks. But that's how much that's input output operation per second so that's quite a bit for the input output uh, per second that they're showing off so yeah if you actually have the money to burn I would actually get these because these are super wickedly fast like awesomely fast if I had the type of money to get the 2 terabyte 960 Pro I probably would but I also don't have the motherboard to support it so that's yeah but for the Pro, you're going to get a lot better for the 4K random read with the up to uh, 444,000 
IOPS or input output per second, which is pretty good. Because if you're really wanting to play 4K, this is probably the way to go for you. Not gonna lie about that. But moving on, a modder has recreated No Man's Skies in Doom. That's right. If you cannot play or do not want to spend $60 on Doom, you can just go and get No Guy's Guy and do it the old 8-bit way. It actually looks pretty good. Um, it kind of has a spaceship. You can still mine for um, you mine for materials and stuff. I mean, it looks very old school and not as nice looking and as No Man's Sky, but without the bugs and without the frame rate drops and without the pop-ins. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to? Now, the same modder is also doing a DayZ uh, mod based in uh, Doom called Doomzy. Uh, <laughs> Doomzy. But it actually looks, I saw a video, it looks, looks really cool. Actually, I probably want to download it and see what the difference is and see which one plays better. Ha <laughs> ha, probably the Doom one. But yes, if you're really looking for something interesting to play, this is something for you. And Resident Evil 7 system requirements are here. Yay! Let's see what they are. Minimum for operating system is 7, 8, 8.1, and 10 for 64 bit, which is going to be the same as recommended. Uh, for the processors, i5 uh, for 60 with 2.7 gigahertz and the AMD FX uh, 6300 or better, 8 gigs of RAM, and it is uh, the GeForce GTX 760 and the AMD Radeon R7 260 with DirectX 11 as well. For the recommended, it's going to be the i7 3770 and the or AMD or AMD equivalent to that as well. 8 gigs of RAM, which is the same. And it's going to be the G the GeForce GTX 960 and the AMD R9 280X. So be sure for that as well. Um, they're not too bad. I'm quite surprised a lot of them aren't actually too bad. Now, surprisingly enough, Division is back in the news. Woo! Yes, that's right. Uh, 1.4 update is coming, which is bringing in a lot of different changes, like improved character balance. The problem is, is that um, optimized and non-optimized builds were too great, and we wanted people to optimize their gears, and they want to do a min-max, and their heart's content, but it got it got the game a little out of balance. Uh, so, the, so they reduced, they supposedly reduced the gap between the two extremes. Uh, it kind of brings in part with the update 1.4. It also wants to bring back the shooting feeling and decision making, hard choices when building your character. So they want to do hopefully trade offs for each thing you're doing as well. Um, also, they're changing the gear a little bit. So all three main stats for World Tier Two will be. Uh, firearms, stamina, and electronics will create a standard baseline. So you're going to get something for all survive survivability um, and reducing the risk of making the game more difficult than it really has to be because it can be a little difficult. Now scavenging has been outright removed and will be re-rolled into different stats as well, they said. Uh, so no more scavenging. So Because what happens is that you would just be scavenging instead of doing boss fights and they don't want you to do that anymore. So don't scavenge. Stop, stop eating scavenger. Don't do it. I don't know why they did that, but that's that's the one. That's the way it is. Also, uh, weapons are undergoing an overhaul as well, with changes to DPS formula, weapon mods, and talents, and damage bonus calculations and other related features. Armor is also being changed to reduce its impact and make players' health via stamina the main source of toughness. 
This means if you want to roll as a tank, be sure to spec out for stamina at the expense of firearms and electronics. Uh, and then there's going to be a gear rebalance as well. Uh, so we'll not, no longer be on a linear scale and signature moves will be changed so that people will pick up something besides survivor link now and then. And special ammo and scenario explosive will have a reduced effect. Uh, so these are all going to be changes and retroactive, re retroactive changes and your legacy weapons will, will show that as well. This looks interesting, and it's a really big attempt to, to get players back into playing Division. The problem with Division, what I had, was that there was a huge disparity between players. There was also a lot of just terrible glitches, terrible bugs, and every update they did caused more bugs. So I'm glad they're finally doing the public test servers as well, so they can actually test things out before bringing them all to everybody else. The problem was, was when they just did updates, they brought them out to everybody else, and they still broke more things than they fixed, or they rebroke what they just fixed from the last update, and so it just made people really frustrated. There was just a lot of problems with it, especially with the cheating, and they finally got a kind of handle on that. Uh, it just, I got bored of it, a lot of people got tired of it, and people just stopped playing it. So this is them trying to entice people back. I do like a lot of these changes. I do think having uh, tough decisions for your characters and not always making it just this beefy character uh, is a good idea. I also think that they should have like uh, pros and cons to their weapon to weapons so that all weapons become more useful. Because in the beginning, light machine gun was just worthless, and you would just use a submachine gun instead. Um, sniper rifles was also a pretty good option to use as well. Uh, so I'm glad to see that. I'm also glad to see that well, signature skills are going to be one of those things where people are going to do different varieties except for one. Because usually one was a survivor link, and that was it. And that's all people would use. So it's good to see that they're making these changes, and they're trying to make it for the better. I'm hoping that the public test server will actually help out, uh, iron out a lot of the bugs that would actually happen with the updates, and not kill people with the update, and still make it kill their system. That was always my problem with this game. Plus, it got a little boring at the end. Endgame was just not very fun after a while. So that was another thing. It's great for parties. It's great for groups as well. But beyond that, it just doesn't have enough content for just people just want to just, you know, bum around and not do anything about that. Anyways, moving on to uh, CD Projekt Red invites GWT fans to kill their servers and stress test. Yes, they actually want you to stress their servers and kill them. It means kill them. Do it now. Do it now. So what they want you to do is come on on uh, September 23rd, which is today. And then again on September 27th, and see if you can, you know, stress test and make sure the servers are working well. Now they said that this is strictly a test and not a closed beta, and that the schedule starts on October 25th for the closed beta. So if you still want to do the stress test, you have to sign up for the beta. So make sure you sign up for that beta, or you're not going to be in the, the stress test. But the stress test does not guarantee or kill the server, it does not guarantee that you'll be in the closed beta. So you could try it out, but don't think that it's going to be all filled out and there's not going to be missing content. There will be missing content because they're not worried about that. They're worried about their servers. But you could still figure out tactics and, and other things for that as well. So why don't do that instead? Anyways, but be sure that you know that it will probably change. If you don't, I'm sorry, but it's, it's going to change. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. Anyways, let's get into well, deals 
for the weekend for gaming. All right, Steam has Iceberg Interactive Publisher Weekend is going on. So there is Starpoint Gemini is on sale, 80% off. Uh, you have Starpoint Gemini Warlords as well as on sale. Oriental Empires is on sale. Gaskazulers Extreme Gold Pack is on sale. And a lot of other Star Drive 2 is on sale. A lot, lot of different things. Nuclear Winter, which I never played, is two bucks if you really want to play it. We also have Big Farm on sale for 66% off. Which, hmm, interesting as well. And you have the Rockstar Games Weekend Sale. Up to 70% off. That's right. 70%. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Um, but yeah, you get that as well. And a slew of other catalogs for them as well. Besides Red Dead Redemption, which you're not ever going to see. But L.A. Noir is in there. Max Payne 3 is in there. Max Payne Bundle is in there as well. The Bully, Manhunt, and Midnight Club 2, which is a random game that they actually did. Which is kind of weird. Also, for GOG, you have... You have Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, you also have Game of Thrones uh, Telltale series. You also have Commando. You have um, Walking Dead as well, which is always a good one. Minecraft. Slew of other games on sale, but those are like the top ones as well. Plus, there's a huge catalog of EA games. So you have Mirror's Edge, the Saboteur, and Spore Collection on there right now, too. So go and check it out, because it's all good. And that is the end of Gamers Cafe, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And join me on Monday when I talk about tech news. And follow Digital Coffee on Twitter at DigitalCO77EE. Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast. Google Plus Digital Coffee Podcast. YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast. Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast. Uh, player.me at digital coffee vine at digital dot coffee and if you like these podcasts please consider supporting me on patreon at digital coffee all right guys have a good re- weekend and keep on gaming later